and welcome to the Black and White Podcast. I'm Denise Pass with my co-host, Angela Donadio. This month, we are talking about making an impact. Everyone can do something. And today, the scripture for this episode is taken from Proverbs 31, verses 8 through 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Angela, this scripture captures the heart of why you and I do what we do. If we can speak up for others on a podcast or through our speaking ministries or even singing songs through worship, leading, or recording, whatever way God opens up for us to serve, we can impact lives in incredible ways. Absolutely, Denise. And like you said, that's why we're here. I mean, we're not here to just live for ourselves. We're here to use whatever experiences, whatever gifts, talents um, for the kingdom of God. And so you and I both not only um, have speaking and, and you know writing platforms, but we both feel very passionately about uh, making a difference and an impact globally. Yes. You know, I think about if I hadn't been listening to that radio station, mm. there was a voice that spoke, yeah. you know, some point we have to hear and faith comes by hearing the word of God. Mm. So Angela, one way that God has used you is through a nonprofit you started called Voice of the Voiceless. Yes, Denise, like you, I felt burdened to make a difference. And that is my ministry tagline, make your life matter no matter what. Mm. I had two near-death experiences. I talked about that in an earlier podcast, and that really jolted me as to how critical it is that our lives are invested to speak up on behalf of those who have no voice and to serve God with our lives to help others around us see us and to know God. Amen. I love that mission God has for you, Angela. Every life does matter. And when we invest our lives to help others, we help others see the worth they have in God's eyes and also empower them to invest in others as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about your mission? Absolutely. Um, I founded Voice of the Voiceless You know, I was just saying I need to write all these dates and timelines down, but um, out of my heart and burden for Africa, and um, I am ordained for the Assemblies of God, and and we pastor an Assemblies of God church, and the Assemblies of God is the leading missions organization, the, the largest mission organization in the world. So Voice of the Voiceless is an extension of River of Life Worship Center right here in Fredericksburg, Virginia under the Assemblies of God. And I felt like that was just such a already clearly established umbrella. Mm. And I wanted people to feel comfortable that as they're giving, they know where that money is going. And I work very closely with missionaries and other organizations outside of the AG, but all that are clearly established. Um, and, and this was for my heart in Africa. So um, I've traveled there 18, 19 times now. Wow. And um, there are many ways that we work. Uh, One of those is through pastor's wives. And this is probably the leading thing that I do now is uh, work with women in primarily Ghana and Kenya. And they receive life-changing resources that launch small businesses and supplement the meager wages of these village pastors. Mm. And so this happens basically through small loans, and uh, I work, you know, with the organizations I mentioned, and they identify women who are really needy and that also they know would be really um, resourceful with the money that they're given. Mm. They help to set the right amount of money for those loans. And these are rural pastors' wives that are living in very deprived areas. And so they're chosen by the leadership in those regions. And they have turned these small loans into thriving businesses. They are revolving loans, meaning they pay that back 
and there's a small amount of interest and then they continue to receive loans and then they continue to just grow their businesses. And on my trips, I've been able to visit so many of them, whether it was making hand balm or making donuts. I saw a woman who was just literally making hundreds of donuts a day mm. in this really primitive, like how we would make donuts in, a, in our home. She was trying to make them commercially and sell them. And we were able to give her a much better machine oh, and wonderful. just meet her children and see how mm. it was, you know, blessing them. So they have their own skills. They just need direction and they need resources. It could be sewing. One of them I met um, does makeup, Denise, and she started a, a, like, she lived close enough to a larger city and they, she would do makeup for weddings or for mm -hmm. business events. And like her face just lit up sharing at one of these conferences where I had some of the women share about what they had done with their, their loans. So many of these uh, village pastor's wives, um, you know, although school is free in Africa, there are school, in other words, education is free, but you pay a school fee to cover your uniform and your books. Mm -hmm. So you'd be surprised that these village children cannot afford yeah. these school fees. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of probably what Compassion International does mm -hmm. is making sure that these children receive an education. Exactly. That's critical. Education is a major component if we want to eradicate poverty. Yes. And so... Um, most of these pastors' wives make sure that um, you know their children's school fees are paid. You know, a lot of times, Denise, these village pastors are expected to not only feed their own family but feed the community. So when there's wow. a need, it's let me show up the pastor's home. Mm. You know, and so when the pastor, we have found that equipping a pastor in a village actually ends up benefiting the entire village. And um, not only that, but I remember going back, I remember the first time I met a pastor in one of these villages, and he was so proud to let me see his church. I'm getting emotional remembering mm -hmm. it. And he was all put together, and he was so proud of this church. And Denise, I shook his hand, and he had his buttoned-up shirt all the way buttoned up, and it had like several holes in it, mm -hmm. and it just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. And so on my next trip, my husband you know, gathered all these shirts he didn't wear anymore. We went to Kohl's and bought mm. nice button-down shirts. And just to see these pastors have dignity, and the next time we came to see them in a shirt that was clean um, and their children were fed and these wives had dignity and mm. felt empowered. Wow. Like, it I don't know. It makes such a difference. Oh, it makes such a difference. And you yeah. talk about being uncomfortable. I mean, I've I've slept on dirt floors, I've slept in villages, I've slept in tents, you know, but these are the reasons that we do what we do. And um, mm. another big component that I did is work with Malawi and the organizations there, um, the Assemblies of God organizations there made sure that they built a home for the widows of pastors because they're really left destitute, Denise. It's mm. not like here where we have retirement programs right. and things like that. And it was a dire situation for these mm. widows and their children. So Haven of Hope was built. Um, there's a sewing center there so women can not only have a business, but also make sure their children are cared for. Awesome. Um, Bible schools across Ghana. I worked with one where there was fire damage, and we helped repair that. Um, I worked with making sure that you know some of the villages um, were sending these you know men and they were staying away from their families for I don't know some of them a couple years to, to go to Bible college and Denise they were living in just mm -hmm. the worst mm -hmm. of conditions and 
no, not decent mattresses, and I just couldn't stomach it. And yeah. and the women were in deplorable um, dorms. I said, we something has got to be done about this. So we worked to make sure they had new mattresses and a kitchen that was decent and functional. And so, again, then those wow. pastors are going to go to these villages, and an entire village is going to be transformed. So... You know, when I first went to Africa, I just saw this giant overwhelming need, like you said, and you feel like, oh, can I even make a dent in this? But my husband came with me after a few trips, and I was still doing kids ministry, a variety of different things. And he saw me working with these pastor's wives. And one of the women that I worked with had made all of these purses that I brought home to sell. And um, we were going through them together, and and he saw my face, and he saw this conversation. We got back in the car, and he said, Angela, that, that's the sweet spot of where the Lord wants you to be focusing mm. in Africa. And so over the course of all of these trips, um, some have been women's conferences, some have been worship, my heart really is for making sure these pastors' wives are equipped to make sure the villages then receive the gospel, because if they're suffering and hurting— or their kids can't get malaria medicine, or they can't get malaria medicine, they're not going to be effective. If their husbands can't even scrape together enough money from an offering to have rice, you know Mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, I did do kids' camps the first few times I was there, and I still make sure that everywhere we go, there's a kids' camp of some kind. So it's because, you know, you walk into a village and there's thousands of children that come out of the woodworks. So I don't even know how many bags of candy have been handed out. Um, but you know, we we've, we've helped thousands of children attend kids camps and new churches that have thrived in desolate areas. And then, um, actually, while you're hearing this, I'm in Ghana as we speak, and I <laughs> am speaking in Accra, Ghana, uh, doing a women's uh, conference. I'm doing a worship concert, and then I'll be speaking for Mother's Day, and they're um, providing books for the women in their church of of my first book that launched, Finding Joy When Life Is Out of Focus. So. Um, and then I'll come back for about a week, and then I will be going to Romania for the first time. Mm. So now I'm a little bit more out of my comfort zone, Denise. Africa, <laughs> Africa. I'm, I'm, I feel like I have a foot in this continent, a foot in Africa. But this year, I was invited to go with an organization called A Time to Heal Beyond Survival, founded by Sue Willis. And this international ministry provides training to leaders, and it provides conferences and custom design ministry to Muslims. And the primary focus of this trip is going to be to train the leaders and to provide a women's conference in a couple of different locations. And these leaders, Denise, work with the the vast challenges of sex trafficking that Mm. is rampant in Romania. Um, The statistics actually were mind-boggling for Mm. me when I read them. So I'll be leading worship for victims that have come out of sex trafficking that are trying to really get their lives back on track. I'll be doing that toward the end of this month. So I can see where God is expanding the ministry of Voice of the Voiceless into other regions besides the continent of Africa. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) What an incredible ministry. Mm. You know, as you were talking, one thing that is so key is that it isn't just going there and giving things. You guys are enabling them, equipping them so that they can take care of mm. things, you know, and oh, that's th- to thrive. And that's the same principle with compassion as well. It's teaching them traits, mm-hmm. teaching them so that they can be self-supporting. 
Yeah, you know? it's the idea of, you know, you can give someone a fish and they eat for a day, or mm. you can teach them how to fish and they eat for a lifetime. Yes. You know, people don't want to hand out. They want to hand up. And very early on, uh, my mentors and, and pe- people that I work with in Africa, we, we clearly work through those philosophies because, you know, you can just be throwing money here, there, and right. yonder. And I'm not saying it won't provide imminent help. But And there have been times that God specifically said that person needs yep. a hospital taken care of or that person needs, you know, clothes or whatever. And you respond to that when God says. But ideally, when you're doing child sponsorship or you're doing, uh, you know, these small loans that are revolving and then now there's a thriving business. Um, and I'm not talking they're getting thousands of dollars, Denise. They might be getting one to two hundred dollars. But what they can do with that turns into a business and they they have gifts like we do as women mm-hmm. in the United States. They have ideas, they have creativity, they just need the means to get it started. Mm-hmm. And I was able through the help of the Holy Spirit and through donations and just early on I brought back, you know things that they had made and started selling them. And that was just kind of how it took off. Well, it's beautiful because you're not creating a dependency. Mm-mm. You're pointing them to Christ and you're teaching them so that they can you know, provide for themselves. So I love that your husband, too, also affirmed that mm-hmm. calling in your life. Thank you. You know, and just his leadership there, you know, which just kind of helped fan that into flame. So I'd love to hear a little bit more of the backstory. How did God lead you to that? Absolutely. I was first invited to Ghana probably over a decade now um, ago, and I helped with a kids camp. I had had a heart for Africa for many years. In fact, when my basement was not finished, I had this big, um, like those magazines that you pull out and they just keep unfolding and unfolding. And it was this <laughs> long picture of a Reinhardt Bonnke crusade in Africa. And um, I had seen him on television one time and I just started crying and I just could sense that God was giving me this burden for Africa, but I never in my million years dreamed that I would actually go. Mm. So at the end of this group of kids camp, and as I'm saying that, Denise, I'm remembering a time, this was my first trip, and um, you know, this this camp was held at a hotel that was turned into basically rented out for the week to be used for these cam- these kids, and they were brought in from all over um, the northern part of Ghana from villages. And so I was helping serve breakfast one morning, and I saw a bunch of kids in line, and they were just holding their spoons at the side of their body, as I'm doing right now, as if you can see me doing this. <laughs> but <laughs> She's I, doing it, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking with my hands. But I said to the director, why are they doing that? And they said, because they've never used utensils. Like, they don't they don't know what to do with a spoon. Wow. And so um, the end of that week, we had had, I don't know, four, five, six hundred kids that had come for this kids camp. And, you know, it was the end of the trip. And there were a group of kids from a village, maybe an hour away, whose transportation didn't make it in time before dark. And so um, it was probably 40 kids left that night and we got out our crafts and our crayons. And I remember some of the kids started fighting over, fighting over crayons and we had to get them in line. And I handed out one crayon at a time because they're just not used to having anything, mm. some of these villages. And and I'm talking in the areas that I'm working with, Denise, it's no running water, it's no electricity. Wow. Now, not all of Africa is like that, but these rural areas that I'm talking about, the pastor's wives, that's the context. I just want to have context. And I remember getting nail polish out that I had brought and we're like doing the girls' nails and <laughs> we basically entertained them all night. And so I just gave their their village pastor um, a small amount of money for them to have, you know, reliable transportation the next day. And he'd interpreted for me during the week and he'd always looked nice. 
But then um, we went to their village later and I saw the way he lived Mm -hmm. and it was just, it was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And so later on that week he came back and he gave me, he pulled up on his motorcycle and he gave me a handwritten letter and, you know, thanking me for giving him, I don't know, maybe it was like 40 US dollars. It wasn't even hardly anything, but it was enough to get them all home. And I read this and I don't know if it was just the end of the week and all the emotions I kind of just tried to process of all these things I dealt through um, and dealt with and trying to understand what God was doing. And I realized I just started sobbing, Mm -hmm. like you said, weeping and and your situation that happened with you with that little girl. And I realized God was breaking my heart for this continent. And and so he's continued to bring me back there. Like I said, you know, probably now probably be my 20th, you know, trip this year. That's an amazing story. You know, I think it isn't until you go to another country that you realize how incredibly blessed we mm-hmm. are and how much abject poverty and the severe circumstances people are living in. And they're just grateful for any help. And it's, and it's not that they're, you know, sometimes people say, well, why are they in that poverty? A lot of times government systems and other things that are way beyond their control and they just need some help. Absolutely. And I've seen that as I've ministered in Kenya for women's conferences, or like I mentioned, Malawi, where I helped with Haven of Hope, or, um, you know, then Tanzania, I've been there a couple of times and helped with women's conferences. And then I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and that was to put in clean water wells. And then one of my favorite experiences was I mentioned that poster I had, and would you believe God, and that's a whole other podcast, that's a God story of how I was invited to go with Reinhard Bonnke and Daniel Kalenda hmm. with Christ for All Nations, and I sang at one of the Crusades oh, wow. <laughs> before he retired. And honestly, the people of Africa have blessed me and impacted my life. I feel like even more, Denise, than I've mm. impacted theirs. So how can, you know, we're hearing this incredible story of just, mm. I mean, this is obviously a God-inspired uh, mission that he's given you. How can people get involved? Absolutely. Thank you, Denise. You know, I'm a pastor's wife, so I think maybe that's why God put that burden on my heart for pastor's wives. I saw their plight. Um, and then... You know, I've never worked with victims of sex trafficking, but I feel like right now that is the area that God is beginning to kind of, I can sense his stirring in that. Um, And it's a problem everywhere, United States and all across the world. But that is an area right now that people can be involved. Um, My way was, was wonderfully paid for me to be in Ghana. But I have been raising my support to go to Romania Mm. and... um, I would love for people to partner with me for that. And I've set that up on my website. They can donate at angelodonadio.com. And then I'm going to be leading worship while I'm there. So I want to give anyone who donates a copy of It's a New Day, which is my worship album. And it also has a song on there, Voice of the Voiceless, that I wrote. Mm. And um, I think we're going to link the video for that as well here on the website. And you can kind of see that. So that would be a way, um, if you feel like, I can't go to Romania or Ghana or Guatemala, but I've got $25 that I can give. That's the way I've set it up on my website is a $25 donation. You receive a CD for free and that you are, you're bringing hope and health to these women who have been through things none of us should ever, unspeakable things that none of us should go through. So I know God is expanding Voice of the Voices to include other countries. And so if they want to be a part of that, Denise, they can certainly find out more at my website, like I said, AngelaDonadio.com, and they can donate. Wonderful. So we will have those links uh, on the post that you guys can see. 
And uh, please do consider how you can come alongside at what God is doing uh, through Angela at this time. The raw truth is that we can all do something. The radical grace is God will equip us and enable us to do what He puts on our hearts. And the real hope is when we are willing to step out of our comfort zone, we bring comfort to others. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and we live life in the freedom of truth.